Well, it's really good to be in the book of Genesis because it gets us back to the beginning. And in the beginning, those are all the seeds of the divine revelation. So they're all sown here in Genesis. So, you know, once you get into time and fallen man gets involved and all kinds of world situations, things get pretty cloudy. So it's really good to get back to the beginning to touch what is in the heart of God. And, uh, of course, last week, I think y'all had some fellowship about man being made in God's image. Right? And... um, there are some pictures here, right, of what was going on each day and the different kind of different kind of lives. And then eventually, what do you have at the end? You have man. So this was, once, once man was there on the scene, you remember what, what God said? Very good. Because finally, he had what was really on his heart, was that he had a man in his image, a man for his expression in the universe. God is so rich, but he needs a way to be expressed. Uh, The creation can express God to a certain extent, some of his characteristics, but only man can express the person of God in his righteousness, in his holiness, in his love, in his glory. Only man can express God in all of his, his riches. Well, so that was just a beautiful scene, right? And then after all that, it just said God rested. Not because he was tired, but this was just the rest of satisfaction. The work had been completed. It was done. Amen. Okay. Well, tonight, the scene's going to change. We're going to go from a beautiful scene to a warfare. So get ready for warfare. And um, you may feel like, well, I'm not ready for warfare. That's okay. That's okay. At least tonight, you'll get a vision of what God has in store for you. You might feel like, well, I'm just a newborn babe. I just received the Lord a few days ago or a few weeks ago. That's all right. Just stick tight, right? Just give us your attention for these 30 minutes, and you'll get a a vision of what God wants concerning dominion. So that's what we're getting into tonight is dominion. How about we read together the title of this, this outline? Dominion, subduing, okay, so we're going to cover three items related to dominion tonight. Number one, subduing the enemy. Number two, recovering the earth. And number three is what? Exercising God's authority over the earth. So let's read Roman number one together. God, Okay, two points I want to bring out here. Number one, the man that God created was a corporate man. Okay, look at these verses, Genesis 1, 26 and 28. And God said, let us make man in our image. What person is that in? And is it singular or plural? How many are there? Let us make man in our image. It's just a man, right? It's not let's make men, but let's make man in our image according to our likeness. But then it says what? Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of heaven, over the cattle, over all the earth, etc. So God just created one man. He created Adam. But then he says, let them. So in God's eyes... In creation, there was going to be one corporate man. 
And this corporate man was going to fulfill God's purpose. He didn't create a bunch of men. He just created one. So by birth, we're descendants of Adam. So in the eyes of God, we're just in Adam. We're part of Adam. We're part of that one man, which... In the Bible, he's the old man. Okay, so that's not a good man to be in. There's just one of him, and he's old. Okay. Number two, a second point related to this. God said, let us make man. And when he made man, he created a man. He didn't create a baby. Have you ever considered that? Adam never knew what it was like to be a baby. He never knew what it was like to be a toddler. He never knew what it was like to be a teenager. He was just created a man. That's because for the fulfillment of God's purpose, he needs a man. He doesn't need a baby. He doesn't need a little toddler. Because there's, there's something very crucial going on in the universe. And to fulfill it, to work out, work out what's on God's heart, he needs a man. So maybe now you feel like you're a baby. That's okay, but you just need to keep growing up. That's right. It's like one time this brother shared. He was. Uh, this was. Uh, we were entering in the Second World War, and I don't know if it was Pearl. I think it was probably Pearl Harbor. Um, it was either that or D-Day. I can't remember. Maybe the Normandy invasion. And he heard. He was a little kid, and he was playing with his. Uh, Lincoln Logs, I think it was. And then he heard on the radio the announcement. And he ran into the kitchen. And he told his mom, uh, guns, bombs. He was just all excited about war. And then he just went back and played with his Lincoln Logs. So maybe, that, maybe that's you tonight. Maybe tonight you're going to hear on the radio about some war. And you're saying guns, bombs. And then after me, you're just going to go back and play with your Lincoln Logs. Okay? That's all right. But the main thing is this. We need to realize we need to grow. Just like to express God in his image, we need to grow. Also, to have dominion for God, we need to grow. Okay, so these are two, two important points here. Firstly, it's a corporate man that fulfills God's purpose. And secondly, that he created a man, so we need to grow to become a man. Okay, now we really kind of get into the heart of this fellowship tonight. Okay, let's read Roman numeral 2 together. God's intention. Okay, if you look at these back at these verses that are just above in Genesis one twenty six there. Says, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of heaven, and over the cattle, and over all the earth. You'd think it would just end there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't that make sense? But it doesn't end there. It goes on to add this phrase, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God is especially interested in the creeping things that creep upon the earth. What's the deal with these creeping things that creep upon the earth? Okay, we, don't like, we all know we don't like creeping things, right? I don't think anyone in this room, I know especially the sisters, definitely do not like. If you're anything like my daughters and my wife, you do not like creeping things around the house. But actually, I'm not too crazy about creeping things either. In fact, I don't think any of us likes creeping things. So in creation, here in this, in this section concerning you know, creation of man and his dominion, there's a special emphasis on the creeping things that creep upon the earth. 
That's, that's point number one in this section. Number two, we have to ask, what do these creeping things, what do they, what do they typify? What do they signify? I mean, they were literally creeping things. But there is a bigger significance here than just, you know, a scorpion and a, and a serpent and these kind of things, right? Okay, so let's go on here. I want to just um, and look at this verse here in Genesis 3, 1 and 14. Let, let's read those together. Now the serpent... So there's a serpent. What is a serpent? A serpent serpent is a creeping thing. So the, he was in the category of the creeping things. Who was this serpent? Well, let's go on to read Revelation 12.9. It's not clear there in Genesis 3 exactly who this serpent is. We just see a serpent, and this serpent is able to talk. I've never seen a serpent that could talk. But this serpent was able to talk, and this serpent, he was able to question God, actually. Not only did he talk, he wasn't just a talking serpent, but he was a God-questioning serpent. Have you ever had a serpent come up to you and question God's Word? Every day it happens. This serpent is still alive and well. He's eating dust. You know what man was made of? He was made out of dust. He's eating a lot of men. And you know how he's eating them? He's just there questioning, always questioning God's word. Okay, so that's the serpent. Well, let's see, who is this serpent? Let's read together Revelation 12, 9. And the great dragon... So this verse tells us very clearly who this serpent is. This serpent is called what? The devil and Satan. So these creeping things, they typify Satan, his angels, and, his, and the demons. Okay? And this particular serpent, this is the devil himself. The devil got embodied in this serpent. Okay, so this is the scene going on. And if you look at one other point here, um, in verse 28, going back up to the top there. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth, and what? Subdue it. Why does man... I get filling the earth, and even I, I get God getting expressed on the earth... But what is there on the earth for man to subdue? God's, you know, he brought all the animals in front of man. It wasn't like, it wasn't like Adam was afraid of that lion when God brought him in front of him. Like, oh, keep that lion away from me. He just named him. He probably petted him on the head and just sent him on his way. Right? I mean, there was no fear there. 
what's on the earth that needs to be subdued? The serpent. The creeping things are there. Where did they come from? How did they get there? When did all this happen? Okay. If it was a matter just of God's expression, then image is enough. But there is another factor here on this planet, on planet Earth. And actually, as we'll see later, it's not just the Earth, it's also the heavens. And they've all been corrupted and they've all been damaged. So man's responsibility is not just to express God, but also to represent him, especially to deal with God's enemy. And you know where he is? He's on the Earth. And he's typified by what? The creeping things. So the creeping things have a special place here. Because God wants to deal with the creep. That's Satan. If you ever called Satan a creep, you need to tell him, Satan, you're a creep. Yes, Satan, you're a creep. Get away from me. You're a creep. Okay. So, now, um, I'm sorry the print is so small in this outline. I just really wanted to get this section because I knew I would not be able to speak what was written here. So, um, we just need to see a little bit of the history that's going on here. You know, a lot, and you know, we're not here about, you know, we're not just talking here about physical creation, and we're not here to argue points about creation versus evolution and that. I mean, we're just, we're in, we're in God's purpose right now. Um, but we need to be really impressed that between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2, there is a gap. And in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But it became waste. It became emptiness. Something happened on that scene. And darkness covered the face of the deep. So something has happened in this universe before man was on the scene. Before let there be light was there. Something happened. Okay, so let's get into this just a little bit here. Um, so Isaiah fourteen twelve through 14 says, How you have fallen from heaven, O day star, son of the dawn. How you have hewn down to, been hewn down to earth, you who made nations fall prostrate. But you who said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven above the stars of God, I will exalt my throne. And I will sit upon the mount of assembly in the uttermost parts of the earth, north, excuse me. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself what? Like the most high. This is the serpent. This is Satan. But you will be brought down to Sheol to the uttermost parts of the pit. Praise the Lord. You need to speak that to Satan sometimes too. You will be brought down to Sheol to the uttermost parts of the pit. You're not there now, but you're, you're headed there. You're headed there. Okay, let's see. Who is this day star? Um, see, there's that first note there. The Latin Vulgate translates Lucifer. This refers to Satan, who as the day star, son of the dawn, was one of the earliest angels, the sons of God, created by God at the dawn of the universe. Okay, so this is going on between Genesis 1-1 and 1-2. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So somewhere right around that time, very early, at the, quote, dawn of the universe, the day star was created. And then, you know, many ages passed, and then the earth became waste and emptiness. 
Okay, are you, are you following me? So this is going on right there. Right at the dawn of the universe, the day star is created. This is who becomes what? Lucifer. He was appointed by God to be the head of the angels. And you can, you can take this home and, I mean, all y'all are college students. You can look up all these verses and get into it. And I encourage you to. There's a lot to be seen here. And later became Satan, the adversary of God, after he what? Rebelled against God. Because of his rebellion, Lucifer as Satan was judged by God. Okay, and then especially I want to focus on this second note here. And that's on um, this word Sheol. This is Hades in the New Testament. Satan wanted to exalt himself to the uttermost parts of the north. But God judged the rebellious Satan sentencing him to be cast from the heavens to the earth and into Sheol to the uttermost parts of the pit. Because Satan's rebellion polluted not only the earth, but also the heavens, that's in Colossians 1.20, both the earth and the heavens were judged by God. So there's just darkness. As a result, the sun and the stars did not shine, and the earth was covered with darkness and buried under deep water. And you see that not only in Genesis 1-2, but also in Job 9, 5-7. According to Revelation 12, 4a and 9b, one-third of the angels of heaven joined Satan in his rebellion. They too must have been judged by God. And after being judged, they became the fallen angels. Satan's subordinates as the rulers, the authorities, the world rulers of this darkness, the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenlies. That's Ephesians chapter 6. The living creatures on the earth in the pre-Adamic age. Okay, again, all this is between Genesis 1-1 and 1-2. They also joined Satan in his rebellion. After being judged by God through water, they became disembodied spirits, the demons, who lodge in the water with which they were judged. And they work on earth for Satan's kingdom of darkness. So, quite a scene here. I mean, the enemy, Satan, has quite a force. He's got the fallen angels, so he's got an air force. He's got the demons in the water, he's got the navy. And now he's got fallen men on the earth, so he's got an army. He's got quite a force. Okay, so that's the scene. So you look, at, you look at the restoration there and the further creation in Genesis chapter 1, and you think, wow, what a beautiful scene. And it is a beautiful scene. But you have to have this background to realize the earth needs what? It needs to be subdued. There's something here. Isn't it pretty clear to you? There's something here that needs to be subdued. Satan, his fallen angels in the air, the demons in the water. These are all they're opposing. They're rebellious against God's kingdom, against God's will, against God's glory. They're opposing God. So they need to be subdued. Who's going to subdue them? Chris Lynch. No. Christ. And the new man. Okay. Chris Lynch is a part of the new man. It will subdue him. We'll get to that in a minute. That's right. And Frank is part of the new man. And Neil and Carrie is part of the new man. We're going to deal with him. Praise the Lord. But Chris Lynch is Chris Lynch. Believe me, I'm not doing anything to the enemy. 
I get thoroughly defeated. In Adam, I am totally defeated by the serpent. Okay, we need to be clear. That first man, he got totally defeated by Satan. I mean, immediately, the serpent is just there. He just comes on the scene, just with his little tongue. We'll pretend you're Eve. I know you're Has God said? Right, he just comes. Has God said? You know, he just comes to us. Has God said? And he was beautiful. You know, this serpent, I'm sure he was very attractive. That's, that's the enemy. And right away, man just fell. The first man got totally defeated. Totally defeated. But I hope we're impressed that this man, he was born in enemy territory. I mean, you look at this beautiful garden and you think, wow, this is great. But, you know, God talked about dominion over the creeping things and subduing the earth. If I'd been Adam, I would have been thinking, hmm, I wonder what I need to subdue. And he didn't realize when that serpent came, that's who he needed to subdue. But he didn't realize it. He got deceived, right? Okay, so that's the, that's the background. That's what's going on here. Um, that dominion that God entrusted man with, it has to get recovered. So Satan, God's enemy, can get subdued. And so the earth can get recovered. Don't you think that the, the influence of Satan and the fallen angels and the demons has brought all kinds of damage to this earth? Look around. You don't have to look too far. Just look at the front page of the newspaper or online or however you do it. A lot of damage going on there, right? Okay. So uh, let, let's go on from that point. So God's intention in giving man dominion in Roman numeral 3 is what? is to recover the earth. Okay, firstly is to deal with Satan, the rebellious one. And secondly, is to re- uh, the dominion is to recover the earth. And this is to subdue the earth, to conquer the earth, and to regain the earth for God's purpose, for God's glory, for God's kingdom. Okay, let's read together Matthew 6, 9 through 10. You then, in this way... Our Father who is in the heavens, your name be sanctified on earth. On earth. Okay, now Psalm 8, 1 and 9. Oh. In all the earth. So this psalmist, it's as if there's just not even a view of the fallen situation. He, get, he goes all the way back to the beginning. And he just says, Oh, Jehovah, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Do you think the Lord's name was so excellent in the earth at that time? I don't think it was. Was it really that excellent? Today, is the Lord's name excellent in the earth? No. People just reject that name. Do you, do you have a hard time um, confessing the Lord's name sometimes to people? Have you ever had that problem? You felt like you should, but then you couldn't? Why is that? I mean, that, that really shouldn't be, right? I mean, he is the one who, who gave us life. He is the one who's provided for all of our needs. He's the one who's taking care of us in every way. I mean, we're, we're proud to talk about our kids and our parents and our this is and our that's, but... When it comes to the Lord's name, sometimes it's just, 
to get that name out is hard, right? Yeah. Why? That's right. Why would that be? Well, the Lord's name is not excellent in all the earth, right? Because the enemy is still there. You know, he's still there. How about in the heavens? Do you think that, you think that name is sanctified in the heavens? Everyone in the heavens, all the angels are declaring that name. All of them. It's sanctified in the heavens. But what's the prayer in Matthew? On earth. On earth. You see the point here? The issue, the focus is earth. Most of the believers are talking about going to heaven. Even I noticed in one of these hymns that we had, talked about going home. Can he, no power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand till he returns or calls me home. Right? We're ready to go to heaven. But he wants to come to earth. That's right. Amen. You know what the meek are going to inherit? Do you remember in Matthew? The meek aren't going to inherit heaven. What are they in, what's their inheritance? They inherit the earth. You know, at the end of the Bible... The New Jerusalem. You know what's happening to the New Jerusalem? John sees it, and it's what? It's coming down out of heaven. So we might be going up, and the Lord's coming down. It's like, what happened? We're waiting for home sweet home, and, and the Lord's saying, earth, earth, earth. Earth is the home sweet home. That's why I put man on earth. I didn't put man in heaven. I put him on earth to express me on the earth. And to subdue my enemy on the earth and bring my kingdom to get my name, cause my name to be sanctified on the earth. To recover the earth. That's why we're here. So, we shouldn't be waiting to go to heaven. We need to be praying for the earth. We're here to bring the kingdom to the earth. Okay. A lot of points here. Just about out of time. I'm not going to get to them. Okay, Roman numeral four. Let's read that together. God's intention Okay, let's read Matthew 6:10 together. So actually, with each one of these items, it should be as in heaven, so also on earth. So it's your name be sanctified as in heaven, so also on earth. Your kingdom come as in heaven, so also on earth. Your will be done as in heaven, so also on earth. Do you see what's in the heart of God? He wants what's in heaven to be on this earth. The problem is not at his throne. The problem is on the earth. That's why we're here, brothers and sisters. That his kingdom could come to this earth. That his will could be done on this earth. What? That his glory could be manifested on this earth. So then if you look at Matthew, look at Matthew 16, 18 through 19. I also say to you, you're Peter, and upon this rock I will what? Build my church. Why is he building his church? This is the greatest prophecy in the New Testament. I will build my church. And what? And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Sounds similar to Genesis. Subdue the earth. Right? Have dominion over the creeping things. The gates of Hades are the creeping things. 
The creeping thing shall not prevail against it. Praise the Lord. And then what does he say? And I'll give you what? The keys of the kingdom of the heavens. So the church is the reality of the kingdom on earth today. There's going to be the manifestation. And we want the manifestation of the kingdom to come. When the kingdoms of the world become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. And he reigns forever and ever. And that day is coming. But today, in the church, we have to be in the reality of that kingdom. And what does it say here? What are they doing with those keys? What's, what's the church doing with those keys? Whatever you bind on the earth shall have been bound in the heavens. What are we binding on the earth? We're binding Satan. We're binding the fallen angels. We're binding the demons. We're binding everything that opposes the kingdom of God and the will of God and the glory of God. Who are we, what are we loosing? We're loosing men for the kingdom of God, for the will of God, for the glory of God. That is the function of the church, you see? That is what the church is doing on the earth. We are not here simply saving souls so they can go to heaven someday. We are absolutely for redemption and for salvation, and we want every soul to get saved. But ultimately what we want is the kingdom to come. That's right. And God's will to be done. And God's glory, his full expression on this earth. Right? So yes, we're for the salvation of men's souls. But that benefits man. But we can't just be for the benefit of man. We've got to be here for the benefit of God. That's why we pray, Lord, your name be sanctified. That's a prayer toward God. That's for God's interest. Your name. It's good that these souls get saved, but your name. name. We love your name. We sanctify your name. We love your will. We love the will of God. Sometimes I may not understand it. Sometimes I may struggle with it. Yeah. But your will be done. Your will yes. be done. That's right. Your kingdom come. Fill this earth with your glory. Amen. That's toward God. Yeah. So redemption just brings man back to that place. It brings man back to that position where he can be on this earth for God's purpose. For God for expression and for dominion to deal with God's enemy. Okay. And all these actually are related to the kingdom. The kingdom is a matter of God's will and fulfills God's will. The kingdom is the fulfillment of God's will. And also the kingdom is the realm where God gets fully expressed in glory. And that's what the church is here for. And brothers and sisters, the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. The gates of Hades can prevail against me every day in everything, but they can't prevail against the build a church. That's why we need to get built up. We need to grow. That's right. May we're playing with Lincoln Logs right now. That's okay, but keep eating those Wheaties. I don't even know they make Wheaties anymore. But anyway, if you want to be strong when you grow up, you need to eat Jesus. Just keep eating. And get with those that eat him. Get built up with the other believers. Right? Okay, so that brings us to the last point. I have about two minutes. 
God's intention that man would express God in his image and represent God with his authority is fulfilled in Christ as the second man and in the corporate one new man. So if you notice all the previous point, it's points, it's God's intention, God's intention, God's intention, right? Um, but here it says his intention in, in five is what? Is fulfilled. So you see the intention in the previous ones. But you see it fulfilled in five. It didn't get fulfilled in the first man. The first man failed. But this, there's a second man. 1 Corinthians 15, 47. The first man's out of the earth, earthy. That's Adam. The second man is out of heaven. That's Christ. Adam is the head of the old creation. Christ is the head of the new creation. Through faith, we got transferred out of that old man. We got transferred out of that man that failed. And we got transferred into the second man through regeneration. That's our new position. We're no longer in Adam. Now we're in Christ. And Christ wins. Praise the Lord. You know, earlier we saw uh, Psalm chapter eight, Psalm 8. And then in Hebrews chapter 2. I just want to read you this just very quickly. Paul quotes this psalm. says, one has solemnly testified somewhere saying, what is man that you bring him to mind or the son of man that you care for him? This is all Psalm 8. You've made him a little inferior to the angels. You've crowned him with glory and honor. You've set him over the works of your hands. You've subjected all things under his feet. Listen to this. For in subjecting all things to him, he left nothing unsubject to him. That includes Satan. But now we don't yet see all things subjected to him. Right? We don't. Look at the earth. But we see Jesus. We see Jesus, who is made a little inferior to the angels because of the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor. Brothers and sisters, there is a man in the glory. There's a second man, and he fulfilled God's plan. He thoroughly dealt with the devil. He actually destroyed the devil on the cross. And he annulled death. He dealt with Satan and all those byproducts got dealt with him. That's, the, that's Christ as the second man. But it's not only with Christ, by Christ, but look at Ephesians 2.15. Let's read that together. Abolishing in his flesh the law of the commandments and ordinances that he might create the two in himself into one new man, so making peace. So God created a new corporate man. Just like in Genesis we saw, right? Let us make man, let them have dominion. That corporate man failed God. But in Christ, God has created a new corporate man called the new man with Christ as the head and the church as the body. And this man will not be defeated. The gates of Hades will not prevail against this man. Praise the Lord. Okay, so what's the charge to us? We just need to grow up. We need to keep eating. Keep drinking, keep enjoying the Lord, learn all the lessons in Christ, and get built up with the other believers. This is the practical living of the new man. And eventually, you know what we're going to see? Satan will get crushed under our feet. In Romans, it says, shortly, the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. He's going to get crushed. The earth will get fully recovered. 
Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And remember the third item? What was the third item? Do you remember? What was the third item? Okay, the first item was what? Subduing the enemy. Second item was what? Recovering the earth. And the third item? Exercising God's authority over the earth. That what? That the kingdom of God may come to the earth, the will of God may be done on the earth, and what? The glory of God may be manifested on earth. Okay, so we don't have any time to sit around waiting to die and go to heaven someday. We got a big job before us. On earth. Your name on earth. Your will on earth. Your kingdom on earth. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Oh, may may the dominion get recovered. Lord, through the church. Amen. Amen. All right.